Welcome to PM Lessons Learned, a podcast for project managers, helping project managers by sharing lessons learned. Increase your PM knowledge, build business relationships, increase your effectiveness, increase your marketability, gain professional support. Join our group and take part in our conference calls. Details at pmlessonslearn.com. Hello, everyone. This is Henry Will, and welcome to another PMLessonsLearn.com best practice call. Today is September the 17th, 2015, and you might be able to hear by my voice that I'm quite excited trying to hold myself back. But it's been a few years since we've had a best practice call, and we're starting up this evening again with another one, and we'll be doing these on a regular basis again, all thanks to a new volunteer. Uh, We have with us tonight... Alicia Colantano. Uh, Alicia is from Virginia, and she volunteered because she's actually an airline pilot for Express Jet Airlines, and she's decided that she would like to get into project management. So she's studying for her CAP-M, and she started studying by using the, the information that we have available for people to study for the PMP exam that's available to you for free at pmlessonslearn.com, thanks to Dana Safford and others that have prepared that material over the years. Uh, Alicia is uh, somebody that uh, uh, wants to give back to the organization, and we're very thankful for that. Uh, She was just recently married in June, so you can give a congratulations to her for that. And uh, they're planning to move back to Minnesota, where she originally came came from sometime in February. So we're thankful for volunteers because this organization is all able to work and do the things that it does from volunteers. Uh, we offer all the services that we have here on PMLessonsLearn.com for free. So we depend on volunteers to make what we offer be able to be offered to others as give back when people volunteer for the organization. So if you'd like to volunteer, maybe to help Alicia out and finding maybe some speakers to speak about project management, or maybe some of the other things we do, like podcasting and that type of thing, or putting out some of our announcements, or even just a volunteer coordinator. We could use one of those too. Uh, Just let us know by emailing us at our email address that's on the website, or you could use share, S-H-A-R-E, at pmlessonslearn.com. So Alicia, thank you very much for volunteering to do this call and to set these up for us, and I appreciate your help. And I'm going to turn things over to you so you could introduce our speaker for tonight. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um, Also, so that everyone knows, we will have slides available to follow along during the call. You can just go to pmlessonslearn.com and click on the link on the left-hand side. And uh, however, we will not be able to provide these slides to download uh, if you're listening to the podcast due to the publisher's restrictions, but we hope you all enjoyed them tonight. And the subject of our call tonight is transforming business with project management. And our speaker is Satish Subramanian. He has over 25 years of experience in management and technology leadership consulting. He has advised several different companies on their business transformation, including some Fortune 500 companies. He's worked with companies in the healthcare sector, financial services, and even high-tech and manufacturing industry. He's here today to share with us his insights on business transformation with 
program management. So, Satish, I'll give it over to you. Great, great. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Alicia. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, good evening. Uh, I know that I just heard that we may even have a global audience, so perhaps it could be good morning to some of you. But uh, uh, appreciate you taking the time. And uh, first and foremost, hey, Alicia, it's uh, great that you are volunteering and appreciate the partnership in queuing this up for this evening. And uh, I'm looking forward and excited about sharing uh, my perspectives uh, with uh, those who have assembled. It's been a, it's been a, it's an honor and uh, great pleasure to be part of this uh, forum, the PM uh, Lessons Learned community that uh, Henry, Dana, and, and many others have been driving for, for many years. So uh, looking forward to this. And uh, just to add what Alicia was uh, mentioning, I've been uh, fortunate uh, to have had some great uh, varied experience uh, solving problems of different types uh, for different companies in different industry sectors across you know, different uh, functional areas. So, uh, so that has kind of led to uh, my point of view and my perspectives around how, how to solve problems, uh, how to make business performance better, uh, primarily uh, leading with uh, uh, portfolio program and project management. So I am looking forward to uh, sharing those perspectives. And I am, I'm a practitioner. Uh, like like most of you on the phone, so pretty much uh, what I do is I'm on the ground in the field, um, leading programs, directing projects uh, of different types. Uh, that's really uh, what I've been doing for multiple decades, and that's what I do. Right now, I am responsible for, through M Squared Consulting, um, primarily responsible for two very large accounts. Uh, one is in the uh, financial services sector. Uh, it's the it's the top uh, ten. Uh, financial institution or conglomerate in the U.S. Uh, so that's one large account. And then the other large account I'm responsible for is a, an integrated healthcare organization uh, nationwide, U.S.-based. Uh, so it's really never a, a dull moment in, in doing that. And, and primarily what that entails is really ensuring that different types of initiatives that are in flight across these two very large companies uh, I am responsible and, and accountable for making sure that they get uh, executed in, in line with you know client expectations. So, so that's just a little bit color commentary about me. With that said, let's dive in. So, if you are able to see my screen, uh, really, what the plan today is three components. One is uh, the context setting. Uh, I'll be using different terms. Uh, so, I just want to kind of level set. Uh, uh, what I am, what I mean when I say something, and do a solid introduction around transformation. So that's the first part of the uh, agenda. That I think will go about 15-20 minutes. Then uh, the second part is, uh, so where do we go from here? Uh, what what can each one of us do to uh, drive greater success in in execution of large scale initiatives? And so I have couple of different uh, frameworks that I want to go over in the second part of the agenda. And then that might take about um, plus minus, you know, half an hour. And, and then I'm hoping, you know, we can have 10 to 15 minutes for, for Q&A. So, so that's kind of the plan. Uh, I, I do want to encourage you as I'm sharing information, if you have got certain uh, questions, you know, send them through chat. 
and, and, and Alicia is going to be compiling along the way, and, and we can launch into those uh, as soon as uh, I have finished you know, covering the content. I know that everyone else is on mute, so I will keep uh, you know, launching ahead. With that said, real quick, I uh, would like to get a pulse if possible uh, on your background. Um, if you want to just take 15, 20 seconds and just share through the chat uh, primarily which industry you have been part of or contributing. Uh, if you have been contributing to multiple industries, you can just type in multiple. Uh, if you have been predominantly serving one sector, you can just say that sector. Uh, it will just help me in understanding who we have on the phone uh, and on this webinar so I can play back more germane examples. So I'm going to give a pause if uh, folks are typing in in chat. You know, I'm just going to give like 10, 15 seconds here before we move on. <clears throat> it looks like we have some people in the high-tech industry um, and possibly some others if uh, they're not following along on the slides right this second. So, but yeah, maybe primarily high-tech. Interesting, interesting. No, no, that's great. I mean, uh, the reason is some industries, as we all know, uh, more regulated, others are less, uh, but there's a lot of exciting stuff going on irrespective of which industry you represent. And, and the point I do want to make is some of the things that I'm talking about uh, and the frameworks I'll be sharing is really industry agnostic, so it's something that would apply uh, to any company in any industry sector. So that's just you know, one point I, I wanted to make. All right, so with that said, let's uh, move on to, so what is, what is transformation? What is business transformation? Uh, so it's really what we're talking about is innovation. So it's innovating business models, products, services, you know, processes. So the process by which that happens, so that at the end of the day, uh, business outcomes are delivered. So that is business transformation. So from a project management lingo, I characterize it as a complex, you know, large-scale program that makes that happen. Uh, these kind of uh, transformational type of initiatives have a high impact to the organization depending upon the scope boundaries. So what we are really talking about is substantial, sub substantial improvements. If you go back to the good old, you know, TQM days or uh, Lean, Six Sigma, uh, from my perspective, they are a little bit more fixated on incremental improvement, which also is equally important. But when we are talking about uh, transformation, we are really talking about large-scale organizational impact. And, and as a result, uh, one has to be very conscious and cognizant of how we go about driving that change from a, from a people perspective as well, and so that everyone can embrace that change and are open to adopting the delivered solution. So it's a cross-functional initiative for reinventing the business. And, and it, the scope could be at an enterprise level, or it could be at a business unit. It could be a particular function. So for example, a um, couple of years back at the healthcare organization, they went to a very large initiative around uh, creating a shared services model around procuring goods and services. So, so that was a sea change. Uh, the focus was driven more around the entire procurement organization, but that you know, cut across 
different regions and but the primary focus was at the, from a functional perspective so just a just an example of what could be characterized as a as a transformation so why is this important uh, and why are we talking about it uh, the key thing is that over the last decade plus uh, there hasn't been as much positive movement around this uh, the success rate in making business transformation initiatives at the end of the day deliver the expected outcomes uh, has been not all that great so here are a couple of statistics uh, a mckinsey survey which shows that only about 25% of the transformations have been really deemed successful by the polled executives uh, most of you may be more familiar with the pmi and the various pulse reports and uh, one of the studies of pmi called out that almost you know 10% of the dollars spent is being lost so they they had some specifics around a billion dollars was spent on only about 109 million was lost now, i'm fascinated by the last one which is a study by the economist intelligence unit where where really they are connecting the competitiveness of a company to successful execution of strategic initiatives and and i think from my perspective that rang a better bell for me because all along i have been trying to elevate how our visibility and when i say our i mean the role of a project manager the role of a program manager uh, portfolio manager you know how how can we be kind of perceived uh, in a more uh, high visible way within corporations because primarily from my perspective what we do is really we are a key component of executing strategic initiatives so as a result it begs a question you know well you know why 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 are these transformational initiatives failing uh, or why are large scale initiatives not uh, delivering the expected goals and here are some key ones uh, one is uh, poor articulation of the objective the purpose the vision sometimes it's a poor articulation uh, sometimes it's articulation only to the higher level and the middle management and and the field folks you know they cannot relate to that purpose and vision uh, really it's important to call out what's the impact uh, at different levels and and what's in it for me uh, not doing the right things that's back to portfolio management it's like portfolio management 101 uh, are we focused on the right things whether it's from an external perspective from an internal perspective i talk a lot about the importance of leadership and and it's it's very crucial i make i make a solid distinction between leadership and management uh, again lack of leadership uh, sponsorship at an executive level is inadequate uh, one has to shift our mind frame we are talking about large scale change uh, typically this could be a large program multiple years impacting globally so we are talking about a lot of resources needed whether it's you know material labor and so cost budget so we are really talking about uh, a long journey uh, we're talking about some tough decisions to be made because potentially there could be some restructuring so it's really important to have you know the, the right level of uh, sponsorship uh not doing things right so so that's the the rigor the the rigor of execution the that's the the necessity of having a matured project management environment 
I tend to lead more with program management on this, primarily because what we are talking about is large-scale uh, initiative, and typically they would have multiple components to it, multiple work streams. Uh, sometimes, you know, work streams are referred to as tracks at the companies have been advising. Sometimes they are called as projects, right? So typically, for large-scale initiatives, they will have multiple work streams, tracks, multiple project managers. So you need to really the uh, top class in program management as well as project management. We talked about the fact that the business goal here is achieving strategic objectives, so it has to be approached in that way. And talent management is key. So if you don't have the right talent uh, to execute, uh, and if you don't have a plan to develop that uh, talent, uh, that's been another source of uh, struggle in making transformation happen. So if transformation initiative is complex, then, then why, 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 are, why are we embarking on it? Why are organizations doing it? And uh, the fact of the matter is that there are business drivers, macroeconomic trends uh, that is really forcing enterprises that they have to embark. It doesn't mean that they have to invest on a $100 million, $500 million commitment to transform in a year. Uh, you could have a multi-year plan program, but you can always stage gate it, and you can deliver the benefits uh, in, in stages and in increments. But the transformational journey itself uh, could take multiple years. So there's a lot of innovation going on, and so companies um, don't have a choice. I mean, they have to see how, how can you know, they be innovative to fulfill market needs, customer needs. And in this day and age, some examples that jump out uh, are companies like Uber, you know, Airbnb. Uh, you know, again, they're just bypassing the, the traditional system. So the incumbents are kind of wondering, what do we do? Um, again, if you look at some of the things happening in the automobile sector, driverless cars, electric cars, you know, there's lots kind of going on uh, which, you know, impacts companies. Uh, digitization is, is all over the map, uh, irrespective of any industry. Uh, you know, the acronym there, uh, SMAC, Social, Mobility, you know, Analytics, and Cloud Computing. So these are all you know, some technological enablers, and, and organizations have to kind of see you know, how can we capitalize on that. You know, Internet of Things, uh, uh, any kind of home, automobile, I mean, there are all kinds of sensors. How, how can everything be connected to the Internet? Uh, which will drive in greater business value. So the business value, for me, it's really the ratio of benefit versus cost. So increasingly, your customers, vendors, business partners, internal customers, external customers, they're all looking for you know, higher benefit and then less cost. So the more business value one could deliver, uh, you know, that's become a kind of a norm. Uh, 24 by 7 by 365, leveraging talent across the globe, being able to deliver products faster, not only faster and cheaper, but also better quality, right? So, so globalization has been, has been a great you know, uh, driver uh, over the last decade. Uh, customer experience is uh, such a key thing. Whether, whether you know, I'm at an airport and do I want to use a self-service kiosk or if I'm at a grocery store, if I want to do that, uh, when I'm paying someone, uh, the 
the digital payment is revolutionizing you know how do i uh, pay someone uh, if i want to interact with my bank you know do i just want to do everything online even when i'm doing something online you know do i just want to do everything on the mobile platform uh, versus the online uh, web platform so you know customers increasingly are looking for a lot of customization you know a lot of personalization and and technology is enabling that and and so organizations don't have a choice you know they have to look at all these and see what they need to be doing uh, that brings me to from my perspective how we need to be looking at this is so business transformation is really providing competitive advantage it's really around how can organizations at entire organizations uh, specific product groups uh specific uh, business units you know uh, how how can they really be top in their game so i wrote an article for uh, ama american management association about a quarter or two ago so competitive advantage is a combination uh, of this is my point of view of innovation operational superiority and 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 strategic differentiation and a business transformation initiative and an organization that have developed a strong capability in successfully doing business transformation type initiatives you know definitely are continuing to maintain a competitive uh, edge and it could be established corporations um, it could be uh, public sector private sector uh, any type of organization or it could be new organizations one example i want to shed uh, light here information is all from the public domain if you think of a company like um, uh, tesla motors from an innovation uh, perspective from an innovation perspective right, i i see like two of them as an example one is the whole you know the electric vehicle and a vehicle all connected to the internet all the time the other component is to control the customer experience not really using the traditional dealer model you know coming up with their own distribution network and how they go about it uh, from a strategic differentiation perspective you know really really going to focus on the, the premium market i mean everyone is trying to get into this you know nissan leaf has been there chevy volt has been there uh, but at least uh, in the early stages of their business cycle and model uh, tesla is really kind of focusing on that experience that performance the the premium market the the leg that they continue to work on i think is the operational superiority uh, which is really scalable high quality processes uh, so that they can get more throughput so i read something about a month ago where they said you know their plan was to deliver 55000 uh, vehicles but possibly they won't get there they'll get only to some 50000 so again so that's an aspect of operational superiority whether you think of them or if you think of another example like apple they come up with new products there is a lot of excitement but due to maybe you know if they have not lined up all their contract manufacturers you know sometimes their product is not uh, available though there may be high market demand so so you need a combination of all of these three uh and and you know that's where you know the business transformation is is a is a critical component so what, so so to build competitive edge you know having high business transformation management capability so now i'm talking about 
the management process. I'm talking about, you know, how do we manage the business transformation initiative? So to do that, a lot of different skill set components are needed. I've called out the key ones, you know, from a management perspective. So as you can see, there is the, the core project, there is a program and portfolio. But in addition, you know, there are a couple of other pieces as well that need to come together. One is the area of, you know, business analysis. You know, what, what are the, uh, all kinds of analysis. This is not just, you know, the, the business requirements, solicitation, and need to have, nice to have requirements, and, and driving it. I mean, that is one aspect of it, but it's also the entire analysis, you know, business case, you know, what's the right solution uh, from a design perspective, as, as well as the requirements, et cetera, prioritizing them. You know, definitely, you know, we are in a agile world, and we need to be able to prioritize and, and what functionality gets delivered first, you know, so business analysis. And then I touched upon the importance of uh, people change uh, at an individual level, at an organizational level, at a functional level. So that does call for um, some structured, methodical approach to, to change management. Uh, and I'm not saying that one individual uh, in an organization should have all these capabilities. So what we are talking about is the power of program management where the program leader, the program management team, they just need to make sure that they that they're building capabilities uh, along all these uh, all these areas and they're bringing those together in the context of a particular initiative so with that said you know uh, those were kind of the kind of the framework the, the foundation of what i wanted to um, uh, cover so now in the second part i want to kind of move on to so how how do we do this, or or what is it that uh, we could do different uh, to in, to overcome the business challenge of lack of uh, adequate success in in successfully transforming? Right. So with that, uh, let me move on to the second piece here. So what is business transformation management? So so business transformation management is. It is the process of taking an organization from the current state to the future state. So the journey that one is taking, so that journey has to be managed. Right? So that is business transformation management. So for me, it's also another way of looking at it is the execution of the strategy. It is the execution of the strategy to realize the vision and the objectives. From a project management perspective or even program management, uh, as our PIMBOX says or the program management standard says, it is the process of you know, planning, executing, uh, monitoring, controlling. Right? So, so that's kind of the, the, the process, so to speak, if you want to stick to the PMI terminology. One of the, the last bullet here, one of the key aspects to drive transformation initiatives to success is the need to align and integrate multiple management disciplines. Whenever I say business outcomes, I'm, I'm really referring to uh, benefits. I, I'm referring to delivery of uh, results. Uh, so that's what I mean whenever I use the word desired business outcomes. So if you look at a uh, transformational uh, uh, framework, 
or when we talked about aligning different dimensions. So we always tend to, over the years, have seen organizations, projects, talking about the three-legged stool, talking about people, process, technology. And I think, and I think it, that's great. I mean, I mean, it's definitely important. But then as soon as you get into more complexity, large-scale transformational change, uh, we need to look at, expand that. So we need to be looking at the strategy, uh, you know, the, the business strategy, and that business strategy will drive, you know, the program strategy. So the, the business strategy part is, you know, so what's the vision? You know, what's the architecture? What's the roadmap? Right? So those are some of the pieces coming out of uh, what I characterize as uh, the, the strategy dimension. Uh, people, we have been talking about individual change, organizational change, uh, readiness of the organization, uh, but there's another component to people, and, and that is also the, the talent management part. Uh, one, of the, one of the gaps, as we saw a little bit earlier, is you know, having the right talent, uh, the right skill set to make these things happen. So this also includes the, the talent acquisition, talent management, which will directly impact the maturity level of business transformation uh, capability. The process aspect here, what I'm talking about uh, is really from a business perspective or from an IT perspective, the ability to understand the current state, map the current state, use it you know, to uh, create the future state business processes, identify the gaps, you know, have a plan to close those gaps. Uh, so I'm talking more broadly the the business processes, so supply chain management, you know, order to delivery. Uh, so those are the kind of so we need to have a process view. Uh, in addition to thinking of project management as a process, you know, program management as a process. But here I'm talking about individuals who understand the business processes. It could even be IT processes, you know, SDLC. Know, and, and how to uh, you know, drive that. Technology is the combination. It could be the infrastructure. It could be the application lifecycle. It could be the tools. It could be the SharePoint. But here I'm talking about technological enablers that are driving the transformation. So need to make sure that from a project and program management perspective, uh, we have got enough, uh, enough of that domain knowledge to be able to ask the right questions of the of the architects, you know, of the designers, of the uh, customer service, uh, customer experience uh, specialists, right? So that uh, the power of questions makes a lot of difference and ensures that we are having the right solution and it's on track. The structural dimension is um, much more than the program org chart. So here I'm not referring to the project org chart or the program org chart. Here I'm really referring to, from a business perspective, uh, what the organizational model should be. Uh, you know, if, it's, uh, if it's more IT focused, you know, are we talking about a, a very centralized IT or a decentralized? You know, uh, or if it's the businesses, you know, if this, does the solution entail outsourcing certain business processes? So, so what's the structural aspect? And in the last but not the least, is the, the, the measurement. We need to define what's winning, what does winning mean, what does victory mean. Once there is consensus around that, uh, there has to be like a measurement architecture which helps you and everyone coming to an agreement on how, what are the key value indicators, what are the metrics. 
So that's the, it's a very holistic fixed dimensional framework. And then what my main takeaway on this slide is that when we are approaching projects, programs, irrespective of what role we are playing, we just need to be very cognizant and conscious and then bring all of those into bear uh, in making that happen. On top of the six-dimensional part, you know, we need to have a, a life cycle. So, so this is a four-stage uh, life cycle to make really transformation happen. So think of this as high-level processes. So I've broken those into four stages. Set the stage. Decide what to do. Uh, make it happen. And then uh, make it stick. So quickly summarizing, uh, touching upon it a bit more. So setting the stage, setting the stages around uh, taking the business strategy, converting it into an operational strategy as well as an IT strategy, and then from those, formulating a, a program strategy, creating a roadmap. So if it's a 24-month uh, kind of a transformational initiative, you know, perhaps you know, breaking it up into four components, you know, so the roadmap shows, you know, what you're going to be doing on a quarterly basis or every two months. So it's kind of higher level roadmap, which ultimately will drive a more granular integrated program plan. So that's the setting the stage. Uh, deciding what to do, that's where we really get into uh, the, the definition of the charter, you know, building various, bringing all stakeholders together in the process. Uh, getting sign-off, uh, defining scope boundaries, uh, defining the timeline, the high-level cost, etc., uh, the business case, and then the planning part of it. So that's deciding what to do. And then, you know, really the, the rigor and, and having all the processes, uh, making sure the roles, responsibilities are clear, who is doing what, and, and executing and, and making changes uh, for improvements along the way. Uh, and then the last part is transitioning to operations, uh, making sure that at the end of the day when the program is going to get terminated or the transformation is going to come to an end, it becomes business as usual and our operational units are ready so that the sustained improvement, the improvements can be sustained, right? The solution can be embraced and then driven. So this is a, a very iterative type of loop, right? I mean, there is definitely a sequence to it, but at the same time, it's kind of you know iterative because we can't lose sight of what's happening in the marketplace, and we cannot totally rely on a uh, you know total waterfall type of approach. Uh, some of you may be wondering, hey, Satish, all this is great. Uh, well, you know, how how does this map back to the the program management standard uh, of PMI? I mean, it it, it kind of uh, maps uh, at a high level to the program management standard, but it also builds upon it. You know, the, the, the program management uh, standard at a high level talks about three building blocks. You know, it talks about program definition. It talks about program benefits delivery, and it talks about, you know, program closure at a high level. And then it's broken down into multiple processes. I'm putting, you know, much more emphasis in the, in the front end, as well as, you know, putting a lot more kind of, you know, rigor by incorporating all the six dimensions that we talked about. So in going through this life cycle, the key aspect is your program plan, your program charter, you know, it has to address 
all these you know six dimensions you know within the plan so that's kind of really uh, where you know the difference lies in terms of application of this you know construct let me take a quick pause um, and uh, i just am curious um, what has been your experience uh, what has been your experience in the context of large scale initiatives you know at your companies uh, what are you what's your take on this uh, statement so if you want to just uh, take 10 seconds and share that via chat it will be great alicia assuming you are off mute um, are you seeing anything yeah, on the chat anything? um i yeah. am not seeing um any responses coming through right now but i can tell you um as far as my personal you know experience with that it would be either neutral or disagree however i feel that maybe my industry doesn't focus so much on you know the success of transformation you know even though it, they should um but i think there's you know a definitely a lot of places out there that you know continue to need this help so no that's really, that's fantastic you know so thanks for thanks for sharing um so let's kind of move on to the to the next one uh which is really going to be after this slide there will be a summary so i realized there is a lot of content here on this slide it's a little bit of a loaded slide so i'm going to take some time so so here is um this is based upon you know my uh, many years of work uh, and in using it at financial service companies high tech companies and 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 healthcare and and i've spent about Eight to nine years in in each of those three industry verticals, and and I've applied and this construct uh, umpteen times and delivered great success for my clients and uh, spelt it out. And uh, this is in that book uh, that I published earlier this year. Each of this component is a chapter in that book. So these are ten chapters uh, on this slide. so uh, you want to think of it as 10 components you know 10 elements uh, 10 principles right it doesn't matter but it's really the strategic road map for driving uh, transformation success in the context of you know complex initiatives and complexity may be due to the cross functional nature due to the geographical impact uh, it could be the the level of change right complexity can be driven due to various factors and and when we talk about this roadmap and its applicability uh, it applies to all types of initiatives you know it applies to companies that are trying to grow it applies on cost reduction type of initiatives uh, at the same time if you're really trying to mitigate risk and if you're trying to be compliant you know there is a major regulation out there example let's say healthcare reform obamacare there is a lot of talk about security breach and uh, you know organizations needing to have steps and strategy and process around uh, countering uh, threats It doesn't matter so so this transformation could be of any type and and, and this road map you know works uh, really really well uh, so what we are talking about is these are some of the key components and how it fits in is that the way i would like you to think about it is 
you know, this really cuts across, you know, it really cuts across and then overlaps the transformation cycle. So we just, uh, let me go back. We just talked about uh, this transformation management life cycle, right? So, so this roadmap is, you're kind of layering this, you know, on top of that. So I, would, I want you to kind of you know, think of it in that context. So first and foremost, you know, what's the problem? You know, describe the problem accurately. Right? So for example, uh, from my real world, I'll throw in different examples. In, at, a, at a financial capital management company, uh, which was rapidly growing, they are in the mutual fund business, primarily specializing in mutual funds in the technology sector. They were really growing leaps and bounds. So their IT infrastructure, uh, as well as business processes, were not scalable enough. So one of the first things that they did is, you know, through a series of uh, not only workshops, but also a voice of the customer technique, they kind of honed in, talked about their pain points, kind of honed in on, you know, what, what's the business problem that they are going to be solving. So associated with problem definition, in addition to the process you follow, there are numerous techniques uh, that one could use. So voice of the customer was one example of what you know, this particular client of mine used. I've seen other techniques being used as well, like environment scanning, et cetera. But the primary objective here is to look at it from an internal perspective. Uh, sometimes you know, uh, that is fine, but many times you, know, you have to also look at it from a customer perspective, vendor perspective, et cetera, and then make sure you know, everyone is very clear on what problem you're trying to solve. And that piggybacks into you know, articulating the objectives, articulating the vision, articulating the objectives, uh, you know, level setting, so that uh, everyone you know, is driving towards the same common goal and, and also addressing uh, what's in it for me or what's in it for a function if you belong to a particular function. So making sure that that's kind of addressed. The third component is sponsorship. These kind of initiatives, I talk about it, the need for a sponsorship model. So the criticality of sponsorship is it's not just the steering committee. It's not just the VPs or the heads or the board. So what we really need on these types of initiatives are is pretty much a sponsorship model where you've got sponsorship across functions, across divisions, and you also have sponsorship across different levels you know, the senior leadership, middle management, ground level. So that's what we are talking about. Just to give you an, an example of a high-tech company, this is a very large high-tech organization uh, based in the Silicon Valley, and I was involved in the procurement aspect. This is a company which has got, uh, they make servers, they make printers, uh, they make laptops, you know, multiple different divisions. And they launched on a initiative to transform their procurement uh, processes. They wanted to do more of um, using, you know, a B2B e-commerce platform. They also wanted to go with a managed services model. And so one of the key things that we had to first put in place was a very strong sponsorship model, which really kind of helped as that journey progressed. The next one is a, a governance model. 
and governance is it's it's all obviously roles responsibilities uh, having 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 a rhythm having a cascade or uh, institutionalizing controls but but also in in addition to that right the, the stage gating um, you know who makes decisions how do how do escalations happen so it's really important to work through that collectively uh with the core team with the extended members on coming up with a governance model and communicating that uh to everyone so that's another important uh, facet outcomes you know, what what is success you know uh what would success look like uh, when we talk about victory you know what what is victory so we talked a little bit about the measurement architecture and and that being another dimension so this directly plays to that so it's really really crucial important to go through that exercise of defining the outcomes and which will ultimately become the platform once the execution journey is going on we use that platform to make sure that stakeholder expectations are being managed <clears throat> the next piece is approach approach is on one hand it's the solutioning you know it's a solutioning um to solve the problem but also another way of another component of it is making sure you know you're not hastily jumping into execution uh, without having a solid plan so the criticality of uh, spending time energy and resources in in architecting a, a solid plan one example i can give you was um, is with a with a mid size <clears throat> but highly reputed biotech company and this company was in the midst of uh, outsourcing their back office functions which is payroll in their case it was payroll accounting and finance and the c level and the board there was some specific strategic cost reduction goals that they had in mind and uh, so i had the opportunity to be involved in the first couple of phases by leading a, a team around that and they went about it kind of framed it up executed it but ultimately kind of they fell short a little bit and and one of the challenges or one of the gaps was that they went to the whole exercises of lining up a vendor doing the offshoring but one of the things was post doing all that they realized that there were some big gaps from a business process perspective on some of the processes which they offshored outsourced so as part of their approach one of the things that they lacked was spending enough time and energy to revamping and revisiting and changing those processes you know before they offshored ultimately they did get to it and but then you know the strategic cost the cost reduction target they couldn't accomplish that you know in the desired time frame so that's just an an example of you know the criticality of the approach engagement we have been talking about this a little bit stakeholder engagement that's what i'm talking about it could be internal stakeholders external stakeholders but but really the importance of having a stakeholder engagement strategy having a stakeholder engagement plan and then implementing that plan 
sometimes you know individuals think of it as you know this is more communications oriented i mean it could be i mean it could be communications uh, could be one part of it to celebrate success <clears throat> let everyone know what's going on keep the momentum going uh, but also we are talking about influencing and and making sure you know that the key stakeholders uh, they are closely involved and and engaged to enable to deliver the business outcomes the next one is uh, leadership uh, for me you know think of uh, uh, leadership as little bit like sponsorship in the sense that here again i think of leadership as leadership at different levels so i think of a leadership model wherein i think of leadership at the senior levels the middle levels as well as at the junior levels and what i mean by that is if you take a very classical uh, program or chart you've got your steering committees maybe you've got your uh, program heads you've got your program manager or managers you possibly have different project managers with different work streams perhaps you also have leads under the project managers and then there are the lead is managing uh, you know small to mid sized teams so if you are thinking of a model like that a very classical model in and now we are talking about that model is in play for transforming you know a certain process or function so what i am referring to is the need for for leadership at at all these tiers that at all these levels and and that's really really uh, crucial so at the project level at the program level at the lead level etc um monitoring this gets us back to um flawless execution uh, whatever you can do to institution to institutionalize controls aggressively track progress i mean i mean there's this is definitely having some consistency around it uh, whether it you know it's a dashboard the status reporting when it goes out uh, what's the method being used uh, to depict you know clear status uh, to everyone but also this entails having a solid plan b or contingent plan so that uh, the significant resources that are being consumed will will ultimately lead to delivery of the strategic objectives or our business benefits and then the last one is really the importance of having a very solid transition plan um readiness of operational units and then working towards that uh, ahead of the curve so this entails uh, everything including uh, training uh, of end users having a training strategy plan uh, you know uh, based upon the context of the initiative so one example that uh, comes to mind uh, on the on the transition side this is uh, for a healthcare organization uh, and it's an integrated healthcare model so in other words they own hospitals they also they also are an insurance company as well so so they are payer as well as a provider so one of the things as a uh, as a payer they had a big hole in their product portfolio so one of the initiatives that they launched was uh, creating a new health plan product uh, which is around self funding which is a type of health plan product so they did not have that major other healthcare providers had it um, so they as an insurance company they went through that whole exercise and and i had the opportunity to lead their pricing underwriting 
go to market and and proposal tracks as part of that and one of the key things that we had to do was to make sure that when they are existing customers you know for them customers are employers they pitched their health plan to employers so when they did uh, sign up for the self funding product you know this organization the healthcare organization you know had the ability to be a third party administrator and, and being able to do the operational transition so so that was you know another track which i had responsibility for and which we were working on you know much much earlier which ultimately led to the business benefit of when the product you know was launched the product was launched in four different uh, geographic regions which comprises four different large states of uh, different four different states within united states it was really a very smooth launch of that self funding product and and then when employer signed up for it uh, the organization was able to uh, keep it a very very smooth uh, roll out or switch over from one plan to the other so those are some you know different examples that i wanted to interject along the way and uh, so that's really a deep dive into the road map so i'm just going to wrap up with an executive summary and then open up for q and a so in summary so here are the key kind of takeaways so how what is it that we can do uh, to improve the odds of business transformation success so here are some of the key components or things that we could do first you no know, approach it from a very multidimensional uh, point of view uh, ensure that you are integrating the six dimensions strategy people process technology structure and measurement the second piece is the life cycle that we talked about the end to end life cycle the four stages you know set the stage you know what's the strategy what's the vision uh commitment decide what to do then the actual execution you know decide what to do is the focus on planning then make it happen and then it's important to sustain the improvement it's important to sustain the higher business performance so make it stick institute very rigorous uh, planning and execution practices uh which ties back to the maturity level um so if it's a pmo or if it's a non pmo or if it's a a group that comes together specifically for managing a transformational initiative let's make sure that it is very well kind of grounded and strong maturity around portfolio program and project management but also organizational change management right and then definitely use the the 10 components we just talked about which is the the transformation road map and and make sure you know that uh, there is enough uh, due diligence given to each component uh, because it's not that some components are optional uh, all of them are pretty much kind of mandatory the level of effort involved in a certain components may be less perhaps but 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 you know at the end of the day to drive transformation success you know all the 10 components have to be paid high attention to so that's a a graph from my side and i know that uh, we are almost you know um on the hour right now but i know that we kind of started a little bit late so let me kind of you know open it up um for you know questions and i'm happy to take them over to you alicia 
Um, well, I was just going to say, um, how can you tell that um, a change initiative is not uh, successful, you know, before getting to the point where you're down $109 million for every billion you've invested? Like, in the process, how can you tell that it's, it's not going to be a successful outcome? I think um, the, best, the best way to do that goes back to the governance uh, processes we talked about. So if the initiative is already in flight, and whether it's, the, whether you, whether it's a separate portfolio manager involved or not, assuming the, pro, the program manager or project manager, we, there should be a small team or an individual responsible for, for kind of tracking you know, how, how we are doing in terms of you know, realization of specific uh, outcomes, uh, specific components, which have already translated into dollar terms uh, of certain benefits. So we should be able to track that. One is the financial aspect, Alicia, where you can say, here is where we should be at, you know, without even making it too complicated and not, and not using earned value approach. You know, even without using an earned value approach, you know, it's very important to track how you are doing on the, on the spend and, and where you are tracking, but also on the benefit side, you know, what has been delivered. So that's a financial yeah. view of it, right? But a non-financial view of it is using the stakeholder engagement approach, using the stakeholder engagement approach, you will have enough kind of pulse on, on what is it that you are hearing, uh, you know, whether the key stakeholders, you know, the stakeholder could be internal customer, external customer, maybe you ran a pilot, right, because a lot of these things you potentially will do a pilot ahead of time. So when you do those things, you possibly will get enough uh, feedback on how far off you are from the intended uh, goal or objective or benefit or timeline. So those are some ways uh, that jump out at me, Alicia, on how you can kind of keep a track, keep a pulse, and then decide uh, what um, corrective action is needed, you know, uh, okay. and then corrective action could be of any, of, of multiple types uh, based upon the situation. But those are some, some key ways to uh, keep track, keep a tab on it, Alicia. Okay. Um, kind of along the same lines, if you you mentioned that, you know, one way that these initiatives fail is that they, you know, the focus is sometimes too high, you know, in the um, industry or, you know, the people down below just aren't able to connect with the goal of that initiative. If you were, you know, let's say, lower level or mid-level and you notice, you know, that this, you know, change initiative is kind of falling apart or you're not being given the proper tools, you know, what would you, you know, recommend to be successful in your position if you're not, you know, at the top and giving all the orders from, you know, that direction? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. I mean, it's something, you know, where um, uh, one aspect of it is, the leadership, you know, whether it's high level, senior level, uh, middle management, first and foremost, you know, they should create an open, empowering culture. They should create an open, empowering culture in the context of that particular initiative or transformation, which 
which makes um, anyone on the team, you know, irrespective of their level, to uh, raise their hand, provide their inputs, and and share, you know, their own suggestion, uh, share things that are barriers to them, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's a particular tool, whether it's uh, certain subject matter where they need to get, you know, trained to be able to deliver. Uh, so those are things, first, you know, the culture has to be set right, uh, culture of openness, empowerment, culture of transparency, right? So that's what the leadership can mm-hmm. do. So once that is set up, right, so if it's you, it's I, or if it's anyone else, right, so then you are more comfortable. You are more comfortable in raising your hand and saying, I don't think this is going to work. Uh, I think, you know, we need to go back to the drawing board. And or, uh, you know, uh, but at the same time, I would approach it in a way that uh, how are you going to solve the problem, right? As opposed to uh, kind of saying this is not going to work or, or being perceived as a resistor of change. Like you don't want to be perceived as a resistor of change but also saying, right. this is what I see, but here is my solution, you know, here is what we should do, and or, you know, if I need help, you know, get some one-on-one coaching from others, you know, uh, have, you know, any training sessions. If, if the broader team has a gap, but let's say you are the spokesperson, right, for that broader team, mm-hmm. then, you know, raise that. But those are uh, what I have seen. You know, those are what I have seen that have worked, um, you know, effectively uh, in, in, in drawing the attention. And it doesn't matter uh, where you are at, uh, uh, you know, in terms of level, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple awesome. of questions. Thank you. Satish. Uh, yeah. Sure. Satish, this is, this is Henry. I, I have a question. I want to piggyback something that Alicia just asked. Um, you know, you mentioned about uh, talent management and trying to get the right people on the team, the right people that fit the, the culture. And when you're trying to do a business transformation, it's important to get people that are going to fit the culture of what you're trying to transform to, right? But sometimes project managers don't have control over the people that they have on their team. Either uh, those people have been with the organization before and uh, they're, you know, they're kind of placed onto the team. And the project manager doesn't really have a lot of control over that. And people might be assigned to the team that don't really fit the culture of the transformation that you're trying to make, or they're they're not willing to go along with it. And uh, you know, they may not be people that really are the right people for the for the team that you're trying to put together. And I was wondering if you had any comments on that. I know some of the things you just spoke about are are things that you need to look into. But uh, do you have any more thoughts of how a project manager might handle something like that when they're handed a team and they have to work with what they have? So that's a great uh, that's a great question, Henry. As you were as you were as you were posing that question, you know, it's something that is is a challenge. You know, it's really a, a challenge um, for all of us. You know, including me, when when you inherit a team or or you get something. You know, here is here is what we can offer, and you need to make do with it. And and particularly when you're talking about whether it's the leadership skill. Uh, 
and or if you're talking about domain knowledge and i'm going to keep the domain knowledge you know pretty broad whether it's you know specific you know technology uh, or if it's you know deep knowledge about uh, industry uh, if there are certain skills you know <clears throat> uh, that are lacking uh, it i think you know it almost has to be um, like a almost like a very strong business case that has to be developed in in a, in their own way the pm as to you know what is the risk you know what is the risk of he or uh, she continuing to move forward uh, by not getting what they want and and the risk has to directly be translated to the failure right the failure or the the objectives not being met so that's you know one aspect uh, another component here is, is being creative in terms of uh, you know uh, uh, training you know bringing in you know external consultants uh, who can you know supplement complement the the team uh, one example that i'm right now encountering is you know a very large organization of financial services this is their digital channels group and so they have launched a transformation beginning early this year on moving from the traditional waterfall approach to using you know agile to deliver a lot of functionality faster for for their banking customers but as an organization you know they don't have kind of the the, the skill set and the culture is very waterfall it's conservative it's banking it's risk everything has to be documented and so you can't really just jump to creating user stories and not having rigorous documentation which is what the organization is used to so they are using a combination of really hiring a lot of uh, in the context of a project in the context of a they have launched multiple projects so they are parallel tracking uh, again based upon some of these things being raised up by the program manager so from a staffing perspective they are you know uh, building up the organization so they are hiring different skill sets they are uh, they are bringing on board couple of change catalysts so the change catalysts are really uh, coaches and they are on the ground coaches with deep expertise and they are just providing just in time training along the way so so those are you know some things that jump out at me which could be uh, ways to to look at uh, to to keep uh, to keep at it henry oh right, thanks for that answer sure, sure. i've got a couple sure. of questions my, myself uh, actually sure. i'm going to ask the second one first cuz uh, alicia's first question got me thinking about uh, uh, the best way in an organization to make things happen uh, obviously you have the range from big bang do it all at once or 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 do small small baby steps if you will is there an easy way to determine or is there a way to determine for any given organization which of those the two extremes is the best to use or something in the in the middle between the big bang and baby steps for organizational change um, increasingly increasingly what i've found uh is that uh, some kind of a hybrid approach um you know to these things uh, you know you do have to uh, you know tailor it to 
the level of change, you know, the type of organization, uh, you know, certain organizations are very innovative, bold, and they uh, take risks, you know, you know, others, they don't, they're very kind of, you know, conservative. But I think it also maps back to at what stage they are in. So I look at it, look at it as, is it a turnaround type of situation for a company where it's like a survival, you know, situation? Is it a, a situation of being, you know, a neutral and, you know, they're just trying to, you know, get more stabilized and you know, trying to get better, you know, or the third component is, you know, they are already a market leader and they want to further dominate. So from a company, you know, life cycle perspective, strategically, that kind of drives how, how quickly something has to get done and, and, and whether that would necessitate a, a kind of a big bang or, uh, or a staged, you know, approach. So, you know, so those are some, some aspects to, to consider, uh, which, and, and obviously with the big bang approach, you know, it's, it's really high risk uh, compared to doing it in, in, in stages. So, so that's, you know, another aspect of it. But, but increasingly what, what I've seen, you know, given the, the complexity of, of what we are really talking about, and it's generally been more around, you know, let's get some uh, quick wins. Uh, let's build some momentum uh, based upon that. Uh, let's get, you know, more commitment uh, from the leadership. Uh, show them that, you know, this pilot kind of works uh, and then kind of switch into uh, a more, if I would say, big bang or, or more of uh, doing something that has... Uh, that is more of a drastic change because by doing the smaller piece, you have some data points of uh, the readiness ability, the ability to absorb, and, and, and those uh, can be really studied. And when I, what I mean by studied is that you can really, in the context of a project or program, do the readiness assessment surveys, uh, uh, satisfaction surveys, uh, and then based on the outputs of those surveys, you can say that we should piggyback on a certain approach. So that's kind of what I have had success with, and, and, and specifically I was thinking about a, about a mortgage insurance company where I was involved with in, in, in doing that, and we were doing uh, quarterly surveys, and they were really moving uh, first you know, from a uh, two-tier architecture to a three-tier architecture. So that was a big program in, in itself. And this was more of a technological uh, initiative where they were also kind of uh, moving away from a, off, uh, from a custom solution that they had for policy servicing on to switching to a vendor who has a policy servicing platform. So those... Uh, things kind of worked for us uh, in that approach. I know it's a very long-winded answer, uh, but, but I just want to sprinkle in uh, what, uh, what has worked uh, for me. Yeah, it was a great answer. In fact, it's so great, I'm going to change my first question around. It was going to be a general leadership question, but given what you just said, uh, can you talk a bit about the different leadership styles that are required for each one, for for like the the extremes, the big bang, as opposed to the the uh, the stage or the baby step things. I imagine there's going to be a huge difference in the the level of participation of leadership, the style of leadership, and all that. All those other things that go into uh, organizational leadership for change. 
It's a great question, and and I'm going to try to do justice to it. You know, again, I'm always also trying to constantly learn myself. There has been a lot, you know, written about leadership and different styles of leadership. You know, there is a very theoretical views, and there are a lot of theoretical models around it. And and I really haven't gone that deep at all on the theoretical side, right? Uh, but I'm aware of it. What has helped for me generally what I've found is kind of the, the situational style, the, the situational uh, style of, of leadership based upon the kind of the context, based upon the, the culture, uh, the nature of uh, uh, people uh, you have accordingly uh, tailoring, tailoring, you know, my own approach or, or, or tailoring uh, or creating and architecting an approach around leadership, uh, which is going to make, which is going to fit, right? Which is going to uh, make things work, you know. So, so that's kind of what uh, I would say uh, should be an approach, you know, to be to be taken uh, around uh, leadership. What I primarily focus on on the aspect of leadership is is really what what would it what does it take to build a high performance team you know what 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 does it take to to really uh create a trusted uh open kind of environment uh what 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 does it what does it take to kind of motivate uh, you know incent uh, individuals you know uh, drive through relationships uh so so those are you know generally the, the things that uh I've tried to approach it, and then that's how I have guided others who are under me. If they are, you know, program managers, project managers, you know, uh, approached, coached, or guided them that way, so that they can accordingly uh, provide, you know, the appropriate, um, what should I say, style, you know, mm-hmm. appropriate style or approach of leadership. Uh, I'm sure you possibly may have also encountered initiatives, you know, where you're outsourcing certain business processes uh, or maybe, you know, offshoring, you know, IT applications, uh, whether it's maintenance or build out. So now if you are dealing with uh, uh, individuals, team members who are remote, uh, maybe they're in a foreign land, maybe not. Now, now you know, how do you kind of provide the, the leadership, you know, in, in that kind of a situation, in, in that kind of an environment where, you know, they're really in a totally different culture, right? So that, again requires a a little bit of a of a different approach and of course in that case i have relied more on creating a structure right where we've got some uniformity there is someone on site in the us and there is a parallel person offshore who are kind of more like leaders and then making sure that the offshore teams etc are also getting the right set of uh, of leadership uh, but that, those are some of the things that um, i have kind of tried to follow uh, and always, you know, as a, as a leader, I mean, you have to walk the talk. And, sure. and to your point about, hey, Satish, uh, the visibility of the leadership, uh, etc. I mean, the more visible they are, you know, irrespective of the life cycle, uh, they can show that they are excited about it. You know, they are committed to this change, uh, you know, and as a project manager, program manager, we kind of providing that forum and making sure uh, that 
the right set of leaders do appear they do show up and so that everyone uh, realizes and sees you know that uh, everyone is in this is 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 in this transformation you know and the leaders are committed to it and the leaders are supportive of it uh, so that's kind of generally how i would go about it right. sounds great thank you sure great great i mean great questions um anything else from anyone i just want to be conscious of everyone's time too i mean i'm flexible but i just want to make sure that you know, i know it's getting a little bit late on the east coast but uh, um if there's no more questions i just you know again want to take this opportunity to uh, to thank everyone for for attending uh, i really enjoyed it uh, and i hope you know you got some couple of you know uh, takeaways uh, from this uh, discussion you know that we had and, and as always uh, open to you know your comments thoughts on uh, uh, what you would like to see in the future and uh, you know we'll be happy to work through with uh, the pm lessons learned uh, community uh, if that would be of benefit to you Well, thank you Satish for uh presenting and giving us um all that great information and thanks for all the callers that joined us tonight. Um and just again, you can listen to a recording of this call on our website at pmlessonslearned.com. Uh we'll also post our next uh PM best practice speaker on the website. We're planning for the third Thursday of October which would be the 15th again at 9 p.m. Eastern and if anyone is interested in volunteering or if you know someone who would be willing to be a presenter for our uh PM best practice call please email us at share@pmlessonslearned.com and thank you again for everyone that participated and Satish this is a PM lessons learned project managers helping project managers to make a difference This has been a PM Lessons Learned podcast. Project managers helping project managers by sharing lessons learned. Come join our group. Visit our website at pmlessonslearned.com. Till next time, keep on learning.